0: The West Live. The West West Live with with Ben O'Shea. The West Live. Live.
1: Making news. And joining me in the studio is Sunrise correspondent Matt Tinney. And today, Maddie, it's a big one. We're counting down our 23 biggest stories in 2023. And we've got to the pointy end. We're going to do numbers five all the way through to number one. Let's kick it off. Now, Wikipedia in December released its list of the 25 most viewed articles on the English Wikipedia site uh, this year. Now, do you want to know what number one was? Chat GPT. Oh, that uh, so, doesn't surprise me. Which actually. gives you an idea of how artificial intelligence has become so prevalent and dominated uh, discussions in 2023. Collins Dictionary announced AI as its word of the year. Uh, and even though ChatGPT technically was released in November 2022, mm. this was the year where it went mainstream uh, in such a big way. We Did saw, you use it much? Uh, I only used it once when I had yeah. to MC a forum about artificial intelligence. And so I wanted to see what ChatGPT okay. would come up with. Was it good? Complete garbage. Yeah. But it was it was great. That was perfect for what I needed yes. because I read it out I and I proof. said, oh, well, here we go. Cool. I don't think AI is going to take my job anytime soon. But we saw school systems struggle to deal with the issue of students using it. Um, and then we saw a lot of those same school systems backflip and encourage teachers yeah. to use it to come up with their lesson plans. Um, and in December, the boss of Sports Illustrated was forced to quit over a controversy where the media outlet was publishing articles that were written by AI, but they pretended they were written by actual humans. Um, So I think my takeaway with when it comes to AI in 2023 is humans still haven't really figured out how best to use it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I went through a period of just testing it out, like write me like a meal plan with chicken and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, this is interesting that it can do this. But am I using it now? No, not yeah. at all.
1: It's a bit of a novelty, right? Well, probably yeah. after it suggested you put death cap mushrooms in there. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> may, maybe not, because uh, well, this is the thing. Like the AI are these, use these large language models that just kind of scrape the internet, yeah. um, and then they give you a response based on previous questions and responses. So it doesn't really create anything new. Um, but and then adding to all of the drama around AI, uh, we saw you know OpenAI CEO Sam Altman. He was given the boot by the board mm, this year. Right. Uh, and then he was rehired after about a week. Uh, and then there was all this talk about a new AI that OpenAI had developed that was even more sophisticated than ChatGPT4 uh, and and what that might mean for humanity. Uh, one thing's for sure, we're definitely going to be talking about AI in 2024 uh, and for the foreseeable future. Some people might see that as a positive. Some might see it as absolutely terrifying, but it is absolutely here to stay. <laughs> Now, there's no doubt this next story was absolutely huge in Australian politics, in Australian history. I'm talking, of course, of the Voice referendum. On Mm. October 14, Australians went to the polls to vote on whether to change the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing a body called the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Voice. Uh, It was the first referendum of the 21st century, and this was the question that was put to the Australian people. A proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia Australia By establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice, do you approve this proposed alteration? They did not approve. Uh, Australia did not approve that question and the referendum didn't pass. 60% of Australians voted against it. Looking back over it now, the dust has settled. What do you make of the voice Uh, campaign? Looking
0: back over it, I mean, the campaign... Uh, from the yes side was botched from the start by the fact that there was a lack of detail that came out from the government and the government kept saying well we just get it across the line and then we'll sort out the nitty-gritty. People wanted the nitty-gritty first. I think that was a big failure. Um, You know it was a bit of a win them getting John Farnham for their ad campaign but by that stage the damage had been done and then people were angry at John Farnham for you know yeah even giving his crook, song nearly, across on to on the deathbed. Yeah, yeah to the yes campaign i i wish that we had have just got at the very least recognition in the constitution you yeah. know as as a first step now in hindsight and maybe it was a bridge too far for too many people
1: yeah and that was i think the what has come out in some of the research post referendum is that if the, the the issue had been split if one issue was just constitutional recognition mm. that would have passed, um, and then the voice separate to that. Um, and look, Anthony Albanese uh, deserves some of the criticism for it not passing. He made it very political when he he mentioned it in his victory speech when he was elected prime minister, um, uh, and you know it was based on the Uluru statement from the heart. Um, the interesting thing is regions with a high proportion of Indigenous Australians overwhelmingly voted yes. They wanted it. Uh, didn't they wanted they? it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty sad. Sad
0: period in Australian
1: history for Indigenous
0: Australians but, mm.
1: you know, talking to a lot of them, it's the, the overwhelming response was, well, we're used to it. Yeah, you know we're, used, I mean? to we, it.
0: we're well, used to that it. That campaign, if you don't know, vote no. I mean, it's yeah. the most oh, Nathaniel campaign I've ever heard of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, it pandered to ignorance, which is not the way we want to be as a country. There was also misinformation spread on social media. Uh, Yeah, it was not the proudest moment uh, in Australian history, that's for sure. But now we move on in 2024 and we try and do it together. It's all we can really do. On October 7, Hamas gunmen launched an unprecedented assault on Israel from the Gaza Strip, killing 1,200 people and taking about 240 hostages. It was an incident that shocked the world. The images of these fighters storming a music festival, uh, grabbing the punters at the festival and dragging them off uh, in the back of utes back into the Gaza Strip. Uh, It kicked off a visceral response from the Israeli military. They responded with airstrikes in Gaza launched a ground offensive. Uh, according to the Hamas run Health Authority, uh, 18,600 people have been killed in Gaza as a result of that response. Um, during a temporary truce uh, that lasted seven days, Hamas released 105 hostages. Israel freed 240 Palestinian prisoners. Uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, said that Israel had a clear goal of destroying Hamas's military and governing capabilities. Um, but this has become a Conflict that has really spilled over beyond just the region of the Gaza Strip uh, and impacted global politics, very similar to um, Ukraine and Russia.
0: Yeah, and right around the world and here in Australia, and you see friends, even on social media, some are posting pro-Israeli things, some are posting pro-Palestinian things. And so, you know, this conflict really has travelled thousands of kilometres. It's a blight on humanity, isn't it, this whole thing? Yeah, it is. I think, you know, the
1: important thing to talk about, take politics out of the equation and just talk about humanity, Um, because anytime civilians are being uh, targeted, either direct or indirectly and losing their lives. I yeah. think it's a tragedy that I think we all should be concerned about. Uh, the UN was concerned. They tried to pass a non-binding resolution um, for a ceasefire, which Australia signed. That was a bit of a surprise and a change uh, in direction a little bit from yeah. the rhetoric and that we had US got. Um, and the US vetoed it. And uh, it. And so uh, this is set to continue in 2024, sadly, um, and uh, no doubt uh, more innocent civilians will um, pay the ultimate price. Yeah. On May 29, WA was rocked by the shock resignation of Premier Mark McGowan, one of the biggest shocks in WA political history. At the age of 55, the state daddy, citing exhaustion as the main reason, pulled the pin um, before the next state election, which you'd think he was sure to win. So, you know, he had absolute glory in his sights. Uh, The longest-serving Premier, most elections wins, just right there for the taking. Um, But he resigned instead.
0: This job is like no other. After seven elections across nearly three decades, now is the right time to step away from the job that I have loved. Therefore, I'll be resigning as Premier and Member for Rockingham. This week will be my final week. It's not a decision I've taken lightly. I've been considering it for quite a while. But the truth is I'm tired, extremely tired. In fact, I'm exhausted. The role of political leadership doesn't stop it's relentless it comes with huge responsibility that is all consuming each and every day and and combined with the covid years it's taken it out of me
1: now what did you make of that
0: Uh, i'm still suspicious about this whole thing (laughs) I'm still suspicious. I just, the way he was saying, like, I'm exhausted, and then next minute he was taking on all these yeah, board minute, roles and consultant <laughs> now, roles. So, so the bloke It is, just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. He
1: was exhausted and he had to chuck it in, even yeah. though he survived COVID, which was much tougher than what he was doing now. Uh, and now he's got four jobs, various board positions with BHP and MinRes. He's took a job with yeah. Joe Hockey. Um, so he's probably working harder than ever. Yeah, um, but just, I mean, I mean,
0: getting And getting paid more, paid more as well yeah. so yeah I, I don't know i feel like there's there's something there I would love to know, and we may never we know. We may never know. But, but just to know, recap, recap. Smoke this so smoke, was in So he was, in parliament. He was right? in
1: parliament for 26 and a half years. So yeah, it's I a mean it's a long stint.
0: Time. Um, he led Labor
1: in opposition and government for 11 and a half of those years. Um, he took the top job in WA in 2017, but it was COVID, of course, that propelled him to unprecedented power, um, you know, with his hard border yeah. policies and all the rest of it. Uh, when he became the state daddy, people were getting his face tattooed on... On their their body, which was a bit weird. He became a sex symbol. And then, of course, in the 2021 state election, uh, he just dominated. It was the most one-sided election result in Australian history. 53 of 59 seats in the lower house, establishing him as a political rock star. And remember when he had an approval rating of 91%? Uh, Just bizarre. You look at it now and you think there's no way a politician could ever get a 91% approval rating. McGowan did it. Um, uh, He didn't. He didn't win everybody over. There were a lot of people that probably were a bit over uh, Marky Mark by the end of it. Um, And he kicked off a raft of resignations from other COVID uh, premiers yeah. around the nation. Dan Andrews in Victoria pulled the pin after Mark McGowan, which was also yeah. a Palaszczuk. big shock. Palaszczuk, probably not yeah. as much of a shock. I think people were kind of pushing yeah. her out yeah, the yeah. door. Uh, and it opened the door for Roger Cook to come in, who was kind mm. of like, a you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride yeah. kind of situation. Uh, and, and we'll see what 2024 well, it's holds It's going to be an interesting Roger uh, Cook. state election, oh, isn't yeah. it? Yep, the run-up to that uh, 2025 yeah. state election is going to be fascinating. And now it's time for the top story of 2023. And I don't think there can be any doubt about this one. This is something that I'm so proud of us as a nation. And here's Sam Kerr. She's going to need some support. Kerr running at bright. Kerr with a shot. Oh, I say, That's incredible! Uh, It is, of course, the Matildas. Matildas (laughs) mania, which swept the nation during the Women's Soccer World Cup. Do you ever remember
0: seeing anything like that in Australian sport? What what a moment. What a moment for women's sport. What a moment for sport. Full stop. And just the way kids were so into this. And I'd never seen anything like it where we were following a women's sporting team. And, you know, it wasn't because they were women. Just because they're such an exciting team to watch. So many great personalities. And... You know, of course, Sam Kerr was always named, but so many of these other players became household names yeah, because Fowler, of that. Mary yeah.
1: Carpenter. Ellie yeah. Carpenter, uh, so many of the Matildas now household names. And as you say, it was such a great moment for women in sport, for girls around the nation yeah. looking at these superstars and the popularity and attention they were getting and thinking,
0: that could be me. Yeah, and then when they came to Perth for the Olympic qualifier, they had to move, you know, they had game to move to, a to Stadium, stadium.
1: 60,000 people. I mean, oh, how? was there. Sam Kerr scored a hat-trick. Yeah, I,
0: I, just such an amazing story and I hope they go on to even more success.
1: Yeah, and the, and the Women's World Cup I think will have to go down, uh, certainly as the greatest Women's World Cup in FIFA mm. history. Uh, I think it was an absolute high watermark for Australian sport. Um, full stadiums, incredible games, yeah. even though Australia didn't make the finals. We made it to the semis, which was an yeah. awesome result, um, we 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 probably did uh, as good as we could have possibly expected to. Um, the Final tarnished a little bit about uh <laughs> that, by that uh, Spanish uh you know football boss mm. uh, Louis Rubiales yeah. uh, and that unwanted holding kiss holding herself hostage oh, in oh, the yeah, church, yeah. And on yeah. that was that was a bit of a dud. Yeah. End but uh, we will remember the Matildas and long may they reign. I really feel that they are now the top brand in Australian yeah. sport, uh, which they is no just wonderful, they can do no wrong. Mm. Uh, we just love them. The Matildas, you are our number one story for 2023. They'll probably achieve some other things in 2023, <laughs> but the number one <laughs> news story for the West Live. Uh, there you go. Well deserved indeed. You've been listening to The West Live with Ben O'Shea. If the story behind the story matters to you, then you can count on the you to deliver.